Welcome to the Ocean Hills Podcast. Our hope is that today's message would help you connect more deeply with God and with others. If you would like more information on what is happening in the Ocean Hills community, check out our website at oceanhills.org or download the Ocean Hills app. If you are encouraged by our ministry and would like to partner with us financially, you can give through your mobile device by texting Ocean Hills to 77977. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning, everybody. Happy Father's Day. If I know you, I don't know you, still happy Father's Day. Hey, I want to start by having you intentionally uh, think about a father figure in your life. Somebody that has been an important father figure. It might be your own father, but it might be a grandpa. It might be a coach. Maybe it was a teacher. Maybe it was an uncle. But I want you to take a moment right now, just close your eyes if you do that. And I'm going to just, I want to lead us in just a prayer of gratitude. I am the man I am today because God put father figures and mentors and family in my life and in your life. Let's give thanks for them today. Father, thank you. Thank you for those divine appointments, divine relationships, those men that you caused to intersect with our lives, that encouraged us, that believed in us. Thank you for words of wisdom, words of warning. Thank you for living examples. Thank you for those men in our lives that pointed us to Jesus, that showed us how to walk with Jesus. Father, I pray today that this church would become a church that more and more and more and more men would grow up into godly men that live beyond ourselves, that live and walk with you and show the next generation what it looks like to live a life of love and to live generously. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm so grateful. You know, Father's Day could be kind of a messy day, depending on your story. But I'm so grateful, not just for my own father. And we, got, we have our own messy story, me and my dad. He's still alive, 85, 86 years old up in the Bay Area. And uh, we are experiencing uh, just a rich season of... Uh, dad and son uh, at this time in our lives. It's not always been that way. We, 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 we've, we've had some of this just like many of you have. Um, so I, I actually wrote two talks this week and uh, <laughs> I, brought, I brought it to Casey Yardley and I said, here's what I'm thinking. But I, I think I, I wrote this, but I'm thinking I I, I'm not going to do that. And then she, I, I just, this is where I appreciate you as a teammate. And she said, that, I, no, I, I, I think you got to give that one. I'm like, really? Because I wrote another one. That, <laughs> so, um, so you're going to get this talk that I wrote. Actually, it's for Father's Day. It's for dads. But you don't have to be a dad for this talk to apply to you. It could be for, and it is really for every person. I framed it this way. It is a vision for becoming 
a generous dad like our Heavenly Father. A vision for becoming a generous dad like our Heavenly Father. I want to begin by, by simply defining generous. We're in this series called Generosity. Just take a deep breath right now and exhale, because I'm not talking about money today. Being a generous dad, and it has nothing to do with money. So let's just all breathe in. <gasps> oh, thank you, Jesus. It's not about money. All right. Here we go. Generosity is a readiness to give more of something than is necessary or expected. It's larger or more plentiful than is usual or necessary. Showing kindness towards people can be a very generous act. So four qualities, biblical qualities, qualities that we see in our Heavenly Father that I want to I encourage our dads today. But even if you're not, I want to encourage all of you today to lean into this vision for the kind of person that God the Father dreams for us to become. The first is to become generously affirming. Generously affirming. Not flattery, but actual genuine encouragement. Become a person that encourages and affirms your family, your God family, the people you work with, the people in your community. Matthew chapter 3, 17, many of you are familiar with this. A lot of biblical teachers, scholars, saints have taught on this passage about God the Father, the voice from heaven, sharing, speaking these words into Jesus before he had accomplished anything or achieved anything. This is on the front end of his ministry. What did he say? And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. What's he saying? These words of, this is my son. We're family we belong together. We're going to stick together. Whom I love. I love you. I have a very close friend who said he, his dad passed away. He goes, never heard those words from my dad. Not once in my life. That makes me sad. Don't, don't let that happen if you're a dad today. Man, go home today. Call your kids. Don't wait for them to call you. Pick up the phone and call them and tell them you love them. This is my son. We're family. We belong together. Whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Some of us sitting here today still wanting to hear those words. You know, they still matter, by the way. Uh, as an man that's older in my life, you know what? I still want my dad to say he's proud of me. I do. I still want him to go, man, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of what you're doing with your life. I'm so proud of the choices you're making. I'm so proud of the way you're living your life. I mean, you don't, you don't grow too old to be on the receiving end of words of encouragement and affirmation. In fact, there's a quote. I just love this quote. I believe in it. I, I want it. I, I, think it. I think it's part of the bigger, grander vision of this church. And it's a quote by a guy named John Acuff. He's a leadership business writer. He's a, a follower of Jesus. But he wrote this. 
He said, every kid is one caring adult away from being a success story. And then listen to this. We don't ever age out of needing someone to believe in us. And you're familiar with the foster care system. There's this, when you turn 18, you age out. You're, you're on your own. And I love how he kind of just wants to speak that we, none of us, we never age out of needing people in our lives that believe in us, that say, you have what it takes. I'm for you. I'm with you. And to say those things, not just to think them, but to speak them. Every word, every word on your lips and on my lips has the power to change somebody's life, to destroy somebody's life as well. Our words are, are they have the opportunity to be the most precious gifts, don't they? I mean, we could, we, we could have a mic up here and, and we could just have story after story of words of somebody that encouraged you, that affirmed you, that believed in you, that helped you to believe in yourself, that changed your life. And then we could have another mic over here of people going, never had that from my family. Never had that from an uncle. Never had that from a grandpa. Never had that from a dad or a mom. Let's change the narrative as a church. Let's change the generational narrative. Let's have our kids and let's have the next generation and let's have the families that we are connected to know that we believe in them, know that we love them, know that we're encouraging them with our words. I, I was sharing in the children workers, I go in and do a little Reader's Digest of um, the sermon, but I shared this story. I'll share it with you too. I, I wasn't planning on it, but as you know, my, most of you know, my daughter, Shannon, is uh, married to Garrett, and there was several years ago, maybe six years ago, they, they've been married now, but on the men's conference at Mission Springs, uh, Garrett was, we were together, and, and he said, uh, hey, can I talk to you? Like, I know what's coming. <laughs> it was like the talk. Coming to ask for my blessing because he wanted to, to marry Shannon. And I'll, I'll, I'll never forget the moment. We were actually at Marianne's Ice Cream in Santa Cruz. And there were about 40 guys around. I go, hey, let's have, I, I think maybe I know, let's have this conversation. Let's go for a walk together. Let's not just have it right here. Let's, let's go for a walk together. But here's the thing I want you to hear. I, I, I think it was one of the things, I've done a lot of things wrong in my life, but it was maybe one of the things I did right. There's a lot of narrative with guys, and forgive me, but there's a lot of macho kind of BS that floats around about, yeah, man, my future son-in-law, I'm pulling out the, the gun from the rifle rack, and I'm going to intimidate him, and I'm going to tell him, hey, man, you're gonna, you want to marry my daughter? And, and, and I'm like, Why? Why, why do you want to have that kind of relationship with your son-in-law? And so I use that moment to say, well, to honor, to bless Garrett, to say, you know what? Our daughter, she's an awesome human being, and she makes great choices. And you know what? If she's choosing you, you must be an incredible human being. And you know what? Natalie and I are honored we actually are blessed that you're choosing our daughter. 
flip the script. This stuff that we get into, we're going to intimidate as men, and we're, I just, I think it's horse manure. So anyways, uh, become generously affirming like our heavenly father. Here's the second. Become generously patient. Ooh, patience. Some of my, my most cringe, regretful moments as a parent, as a person, are when I have experienced impatience. And I, you know that saying, you don't always have to say what you think? You know, some of our, and I, I'm not the only one, some of our greatest, deepest regrets, right, are in moments of impatience. Let me read for you out of Romans chapter 2. Verse 4, one of my favorite, my wife says, you always say one of my, you got like 300 favorite verses in the Bible, but this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Romans 2 verse 4, don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin, from your selfishness. Not his harshness, not his wrath, his anger. See, that's where we, as dads, as men, we get, we think it's harshness and anger. We're going to get fired up. We're going to intimidate. Like, that's going to change a person. God the Father is our model. It's his patience, his kindness that is intended to turn us into the person that God dreams for us to become. What's 1 Corinthians 13 say? Love is what? Patient. Patience is an act of generosity. Let me define it. Patience is the skill to accept or tolerate delay without becoming annoyed or anxious and without, regard, and without responding in disrespect or anger. And I don't know about you, but I have experienced that to lose patience, it really, it, it's to lose the battle. One moment, one minute of impatience can wound, scar, and even ruin and wreck a person's life. I bet you, again, we could go around here and say, you were on the receiving end of somebody's impatience, a boss, a dad, a grand, you know, an authority figure maybe in your life, a friend even, and it scarred you. It hurt. It cut deep. It ruins you in a way. You don't trust. You're guarded. You hold people at a distance because of a moment of impatience. That's how powerful our words are. And I'm going to flip the script here and just turn it upside down. I'm going to brag on my daughter. Um, she has been incredibly patient with her father around technology. <laughs> so this week, I am, I'm leading a class. It's, you're, you can still come to it. It's on Wednesday nights. It's at our downtown uh, church offices and, and headquarters at 1002 Anacapa. But the, the course is called How to Hear God. It's a Lectio course. And Pete Gregg from 24-7 Prayer, it's a little video series, little 15-minute videos, and then we talk about it, and then we enter into the experience of Lectio. So week one was this Wednesday. 
And did you hear me say it's a video course? So I have it on my computer, and we have a TV in at 10.02, and I couldn't figure it out. And I had an unnamed staff person help me, and they couldn't figure it out. So I said to my daughter, help! She's like, Dad, what do you need? And I told her, and she goes, you want me to come down to 1002 and, and set it up and figure it out? I go, I, I, I do. I know. I know. And, I, and what I love, she, she didn't like make it. She said, okay, when do you want to do it? I said, well, how about we do it Wednesday morning and then I'll, I'll tell everybody on staff, don't touch my computer or the TV all day because I'm teaching this course tonight. I don't want to have to figure it out tonight. So she came and then I get in there and it's like 535 and you know, I had to open up my computer. I still couldn't figure it out. Like she had already set it up. So I call her and she goes, all right, I'm on my way down. And then it was awesome. I don't need to keep, but patience, patience is a way to love people. I felt so loved by my daughter. She wasn't lecturing me. She wasn't like, dad, I have showed you how to do this like 3 million times. She just gently entered into my life, troubleshooted, problem solved for me in a patient way, and I felt love. Patience is a way we love our family, our colleagues, our friends. Patience, actually, it, it has to do with long suffering. Now, who wants to suffer long? None of us. That's why patience is a loving act and choice. So choose to become affirming, choose to become patient. Here's the next one. Now we're going to get into the graduate level of becoming a godly dad. Are you ready? Choose to become generously forgiving. Forgiving, forgiving. Let's look at God the Father, Psalm 86, 5. Oh Lord, you are so good, so ready to forgive. So full of unfailing love. For who? What's that word say? For who? All. That's you. God's love, unfailing love, God's forgiveness of our selfishness, it's readily available to everyone in this room who asks for his help. That's how good God is. And then Paul in Ephesians 4 says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, forgiving each other, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Our God is a forgiving God. You want to be a godly dad and man, you've got to learn to become a good forgiver because life's full of ouches, hurts, misunderstandings, sometimes intentional, sometimes not intentional, but nobody gets through unscathed. And I just think, when I, when I think about relationships and healthy relationships, as a dad, you have to be committed to repair. Because strain happens, fractures happen with your wife, with your kids, with your parents, with your siblings. This happened to me, all of them. Your in-laws, 
Sorry, honey. <laughs> but it happened there too. I mean, you, it just every relationship, it just happens. And you got to be committed as a person of faith, as a follower of Jesus, to say, I'm committed to repair. As far as it depends on me, I'm committed to reconciliation, to repair, to forgiveness. Tim Keller, he says, forgiveness is a form of voluntary suffering. In forgiving, rather than retaliating, you make a choice. You make a choice to bear the cost. You make the choice not to get even, not to get back, not to do silent treatment for three months. You make the choice to bear the cost. I don't know if you read, uh, you can't even mention a newspaper today. I like, I'm about to say it, half of you are going to go, friggin' liberal or friggin' conservative. Don't, don't just, I read an op-ed yesterday. I'm not even going to tell you where it's from. I changed my mind, unless it's, unless it's on the screen. <laughs> But the New Testament scholar, Esau Macaulay, he's at Wheaton, he wrote a piece yesterday, and it was titled this, My Father Failed Me. Here's how I learned to forgive him. I actually sent it to a few friends. It's, it's, it's worth reading. But I'm going to read the quote, just a little soundbite here. He says, I forgave my father not because I concluded that his actions were not as bad as I recalled. They were. I began the long process of forgiving when I recognized him as more than a character in my story. My father, Esau Macaulay Sr., was a human being in his own drama. We enter our parents' lives in the middle of things. Now, just think about that. That's so true. We enter our, life, our parents' lives in the middle of things. Our parents have their own traumas and disappointments that precede our arrival in their lives. When I read that, it reminded me of a conversation I had, two conversations I had, one with a man that lives in town, Gordon Dalby. Some of you may know that name. He works with men's ministries, counselor. But we had coffee, gosh, this maybe 15 years ago now. And he shared with me, he said something to me. I've added it to my list of quotes. Here's what it said. Now, you bear with me here. We're going deep right now. Buckle up. Here we go. This is what he said. He goes, a little boy cries. A little boy cries from the wounds of his father. A grown man cries for the wounds of his father. A little boy cries from them. When I was a little kid growing up, I received, uh, you know, some things from my dad that felt unhealthy, that made me cry. There were even some things that were healthy that made me cry, but there was a lot of stuff that was unhealthy that made me cry. 
Okay, and you did too. Might have been words, might have been physical abuse. I don't know what your story is. I know my story, and there are things as a little boy that my father inflicted pain in my life that made me cry. A little boy cries from the wounds of his father. A grown man, when you mature and begin to understand, and that's what Esau McCulley's saying, my parents had their own trauma, drama, my dad, that affected who he was. It doesn't excuse who he was, but it helps me to understand. And so a grown man cries for the wounds of his father. In other words, dad. So 10 years ago, I got to climb Mount Kilimanjaro with my dad and my sister celebrating his 75th birthday. And I had this quote, and I thought, I want to talk to my dad about it. I don't know how it's going to land. I don't know where this conversation is going to go, but God, give me the courage. So climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, I think it's a five-day thing. And it was like day three or four, and I, I just, I, I, went, I was in my tent, I was praying, and I went into my dad's tent, and I said, Dad, I want to share a quote with you that this guy Gordon uh, shared with me. And I shared that quote. A little boy cries from the wounds of his father. A grown man cries for the wounds of his father. Dad, I want to, I want to know, I want to know your wounds. I want to know your story. I want to know why you did the things you did or what happened to you that caused you to become the man you became? I'm not here to blame, point fingers. I'm just here to understand who you are as a man, as a dad. And it was one of the most powerful, ooh, I get choked up right now, one of the most powerful moments in my life. My dad crumbled in my arms and sobbed and told me his story. It was painful. And it didn't excuse the stuff that, you know, I experienced from him, but it helped me understand his trauma, his wounds, his scars, what he went through as a kid with his dad. And I think that conversation helped heal our relationship. It helped me understand him. It helped me forgive him. Even if he never asked for forgiveness, it helped me as a man who's following Jesus to become a forgiving person. And this whole thing on forgiveness, it's complicated. It's hard. It's messy. And your story's different than mine. And, and what if my dad didn't crumble and, and, and weep and, and, and say, I'm sorry? What if he was like, you know, I don't care. I'm not going to tell you that. I don't want to talk. You know, it's hard. So there's no script for this. But what I'm encouraging you to do is to go there is to take the risk to repair relationships, to ask the question, to be curious, to be willing to forgive. And now i got to close with my last point here. Become generously sacrificial. Dads, become generously sacrificial. What does that mean? That means... It doesn't mean giving your kids a lot of money. That's not being generously sacrificial. It's going without so that others can have an experience, an opportunity, be provided for. Become generously sacrificial. Listen to this passage, Ephesians 5. Imitate God in everything you do. Drop the mic. Did you hear that? Christian, did you hear that? 
Jesus follower. Did you hear that? Imitate God in everything you do because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with resentment and anger and bitterness. Oh, wait. No, 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 no. That's not what the Bible says. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice, as a sacrifice, as a sacrifice for you and me. Um, gosh, I, I, maybe just one story and then we're done. I've told this story before, but several years ago, we, there was a group of eight guys. We were in a mentoring group, four by four group, and four of us older guys investing in and discipling and mentoring four younger guys in their thirties or something. But, um, we would bring in guest speakers just to come and talk for 15, 20 minutes. And then we'd talk about what they shared. But um, as one of those moments that, as I look back on my ministry, it was just, sometimes you remember these moments, and um, I'm going to pick on Brian Yardley, because Brian, you were the one who asked the question to Gordy Hess. You said, what does it mean? What does it mean for the man, for the dad, to be the spiritual leader in his home? What does it mean? Does it mean, and, 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 and Gordon Hess, who's a therapist, retired now, was a minister in the Presbyterian Church. This is what he said. Let me tell you what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean you're the boss. You get to do this to the family. You're like just lording everything over them. You're the dictator in the home. He goes, that's not what it means. I know some of you think that might be what it means. That's not what it means. It means you're the initiator of grace. That was the phrase. You're the initiator of grace. And they said, you're the first to sacrifice. You're the first to forgive. You're the first to say no to other opportunities for you so you can say yes to other opportunities for your wife and your kids. You're the first to make sacrifices. Dads, that's the vision. That's what Ephesians says. If we're going to follow Jesus, we've got to become men who are willing to make sacrifices, not be dictators. So bow your heads with me. Let me close this. Have the band come back up. Maybe just close your eyes and receive these words. I, I, I want you to hear this this morning, this Father's Day, every one of us here today, I want you to hear this. Your generosity matters. Your words, they matter. Your patience, it matters. Your love for God and commitment to follow and imitate him, it matters. It really does. Your words of affirmation and encouragement, they matter. Your willingness to choose to forgive and repair strained, broken, fractured relationships, it matters. The sacrifices you make, 
they matter. And most of all, your love, it matters. And the influence that you have today, the influence that you have today with those that God has put in your life, it will have a powerful and lasting impact on tomorrow and for eternity. And so I just would encourage all of us to let the Spirit of God and the Word of God do the work of God in our hearts. You can't do this by doing spiritual, you know, pull-ups or push-ups. The grace of God and the Spirit of God have to work in us to do that supernatural transformational work. How about today, just open the palms of your hand to say, yeah, I want, I want to become this kind of person. I want my family to experience me as this kind of person that's affirming, that's patient, that's forgiving, that's sacrificial, that's generous and kind. Lord, right here, right now, you can see every open palm. And I pray that you would seal our commitment to want to be that kind of person. And that we would look back on this Father's Day and say, that was the day that I lived into the vision of becoming that kind of person. More like Jesus. More like Jesus. Oh God, have your way in us. We give you thanks that you've never given up on us. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand. We're going to sing a song. Um, I don't know if we have a prayer team today, but I'll be down here. And uh, I think my wife will be down here. If we have anybody on the prayer team, we'll be down here. There may be somebody, maybe a few of you that want prayer. Maybe some of you today are like, oh, after this message, I need to go make a phone call. Or I need to set up an appointment with a family member. Um, come and let us pray over you, a blessing over you. Maybe you want to just have a better relationship with your kids or your adult parents. There's something in there and you need some healing. Let us, let us pray over you. Uh, if that's where you're at, you're invited to come and, and let us pray. Or if you don't want to be prayed for and you just want to kneel in the front and, and sing this song from your knees as a way to say, God, I, I need you to show up in my life right now and in my family, you're invited to come and do that as well. God bless you.
occurred to me as I, I was just down here thinking some of us maybe are standing here and we're going to walk out of church and and we're carrying this my kids haven't called me yet it's father's day don't wait for your kids to call you call them <laughs> reach out to them and I did that this morning I thought I'm not going to be the dad that's going okay I hope my daughter calls me I just I reached out to Shannon this morning I just said hey Thank you for making me a dad. Some of you don't know our story. She's adopted. And I just said, Shani, you're the greatest gift 
that God brought into your mom and my life, Natalie and I. I said, you're just the greatest human being, and we love you. We're so proud. All these things we talked about. I'm trying to live it out, and I want to encourage you. Be in, let's be in it together. Don't be grumpy old dad. I'm a, it's noon, and they haven't called me yet. Don't be that guy. Pick up the phone, text them, and you be that generous dad. We like to say God is good all the time. He's bigger and he's better and he's closer than you think. God bless you. We're going to invite you to head out. If you want to stick around and just maybe worship, sing another song or two, the band's going to play. But take the conversation out into the lobby. If you want to keep singing, maybe come down to the front.